rough in this house, man. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's rough in this house when those Divided. teams meet. Yeah, are football Sundays like pretty? Uh, like, are they like? Are you guys like very like a very competitive couple? Like, do you get like a little heated when the games are on? Well, see, here's the thing: when you know jujitsu, and your wife doesn't know jujitsu. <laughs> oh my gosh! Sometimes you can get away with things because you just like dodge, right? Like, like dodge. <laughs> like, have you ever seen a, a Team Four Star? Mm, like Dragon Ball Z, if you haven't. No. Yeah, there's like this on. There's like this ongoing joke on an anime called Dragon Ball Z where the main character just doesn't fucking dodge. <laughs> he, just, he just doesn't dodge like there's a death being it's literally called death being coming at you and all you hear is like dodge like that's exactly how it is in my house it's like just dodge it'll be all right <laughs> all right so he has dodged the intro long enough we are back with another episode of sessions with mary jane i'm your host jordan freed i'm rena ezra and i'm brendan o'brien and we have a very special podcast today um because it's almost a home and home. Uh, I've done his podcast in the past, um, and he is now here to tell us about his uh, stand-up career and other things that he has going on in the works, perhaps his show itself. Uh, we have with us today Richard Avilas of the uh, Rico Podcast. Welcome. Yeah. That's a, that's a hell of an introduction for somebody like me. Like, Jesus. Now <laughs> people are going to Now the people are going to expect some greatness in here. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, you start up like not even like the podcast, but like the video call very strong by singing "Staying Alive" before we even did introductions. So I feel like that, 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 really, that's at the bar already. Yes, yeah. the old version. You better specify. Yeah. I was singing the old version. What's the, the, wait, version. Wait, what's the new version? The Drake version, bro. Oh man, Drake's man. got one uh, called "Staying Alive." Yeah, I'm trying to with DJ with DJ boss. Khaled. Yeah, your yeah. another one. Yeah. I would love to be DJ Khaled's interpreter. I would charge just a copious amount of money to just say like a few words. Another one. Otro mas. $100,000. Done. That's, Bro, that's I'm telling you. There's, 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 there's craziness, man. How y'all been doing? Good, good. We're good, we're good. We are uh, hanging out in Jersey right now. We uh, understand that you're coming to us from Missouri right now? Yeah, from Springfield, Missouri. Coming to you as live as or as soon as this episode releases. So, are are you a lifelong Missourian or? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that's funny. Uh, I was born, raised, and educated in Puerto Rico. And actually, funny story. January today's January nine. A day like today, fourteen years ago, I left the island to join the army. Wow. Yeah, we were just talking about that today. What branch of the uh, military did you join? Unfortunately, the army. He's an army. Oh yeah, army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sorry, it's sessions with Mary Jane. That just went over my head. <laughs> why? Why, yeah. why? Unfortunately. That, huh? Why? Unfortunately. Um. I think that uh, the Marine Corps has a would have been a better fit for somebody with my personality type. Because mm-hmm. uh, I probably would have been humble a little more. Uh, the Marines are crazy. Yeah. Like the Marines are crazy. Um, they, they can drink like a fish and they can fight like, like they mean it. And they train a lot more than the army too. <clears throat> I have a couple, I mean, obviously this varies from person to person. That's why in the army, if you ever seen the family guys get about the army, it's like experiences may vary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can talk to, you can talk to one veteran and maybe he's like, Oh yeah, man, I got stationed in the Netherlands. And you're like, what? <laughs> like what in what in the Peter Pan fuck is that you know, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I joined the army as a as an MP, straight out of San Juan a day like today. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, never looked back. <laughs> wow. So when did you come out of there? What what year was that? Uh, out of Puerto Rico. No, no, no out of uh, the mil- or out of yeah the army. Uh, I left the army in two thousand thirteen. Okay. Yeah, I did a little bit of reserves time, but that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't count that personally. Um, that was just, yeah, no. That's just seeing some rather... friends at summer camp. No, it's just like you know, man. If you're, if uh, I, I'm under the opinion that um, you have to do things that coincide with each other, right? Um, I'll explain. Like, if you're going to be in the military reserves, right? Normally, that means you have a federal job or a government job that understands your responsibilities with that situation. Um, 
you know, the same way that comedians, like if you're a comic, you should also do a podcast because that way you can network and you can connect things. And Hey, if you're also a comedian, you got to learn about the business aspect of things, you know? Um, so there's like a lot of like moving parts and all that. And when you're a soldier, uh, or, a, or a Marine or a sailor or an airman, there's a shitload of things that you have to learn, like a, sh- a shitload. And yeah, <laughs> it gets pretty heavy. Like it's, it's a lot of learning all the time, a lot of training all the time in the military, hmm. like all the time. That was my experiences with it. Yeah. How was that to adjust to a completely different lesson? You know, man, it, uh, it really wasn't hard to adjust cause I've always worked, you know, like I've always just been a person that, that do that like just works. Like I don't, I don't mind working or reading or doing cause like I've always been doing something, you know, mm-hmm. like ever since I was young. Um, so like the only thing was, was like the, the cultural adjustment was like the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I would say that was honestly looking back on it, the, the cultural adjustment because I didn't, I wasn't raised in the continental U S so there's a lot of, there's a lot of differences. Like when they teach you things in Puerto Rico and versus how they teach it here. And I've also come to realize that not everybody can say, Oh yeah, we used to cut class and go to the beach and just do a bonfire. That's the thing that when you say that to people, people go, fuck you. <laughs> I hope you catch super AIDS and I hope your fucking whole family dies. Like literally I've had people, I'm like, how is this? So then what happened was I had a friend of mine, a uh, jujitsu buddy of mine named Andy Trudomella, who uh, he brought me also back like some bottles of uh, Don Q rum from Puerto Rico. Mm. And uh, he went over to Puerto Rico and I helped him set it up. And then like all week, uh, he like would text me or whatever. And when he got back, I said, yo, how many times did you watch TV? He goes, never. There was always so much to do. I go, yeah, welcome to me growing up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh shit, I get it now. Like I get why there's so many things that I miss. Like, dude, I saw Top Gun, like the first Top Gun, like four or five years ago. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and it's not that it, it's, it's not that it wasn't there because I also don't want to sound like Puerto Rican people are uncultured or whatever the fuck. It's just like, that wasn't something that I bothered with. Mm. I was a big nerd growing up, too. Yeah. Like a huge anime nerd. Oh, okay. I was going to ask what specifically you tapped into, but... Uh, so I started I started watching anime in 92 because it was a good way to, like, understand English because my first language mm. was Spanish. So, and this is, looking back, this is a horrible anime for a four-year-old, a five-year-old. Uh, it was, I started out with Rurouni Kenshin, so Samurai X, and Saint Seiya were like the first ones <clears throat> that uh that I started out with. And then I, I met Dragon Ball, I saw Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z and all that stuff. But yeah, my my first animes were pretty violent. Yeah. <laughs> was was anime part of the reason why you wanted to get into jujitsu in the first place? No, actually no, that's a really good question. No one's ever asked that. Um, it's a funny story. I didn't know how to like fight. Like, at all. And to this day, by the way, to clarify, I still fucking don't. <laughs> um, I just fucking pretend like I do. But um, I was, like, really helpless, and I had a situation where somebody, like, came at me, and I could I didn't know, like, how to defend myself, and, like, I, I panicked. And unfortunately, I'm the type of person that when something happens, like my brain just goes, okay, we need to fucking fix this because we can't let this happen again. So <clears throat> I met this guy named Joe Pellegrino in the army when I got back from Iraq in 2009. And I was like, man, I need to like learn how to like fight, fight. Like you learn some stuff in combat and stuff like that. But um, it's better. It's for me, it's better to train, right? It's just how I feel like it is. Like you should be able to train something that can emulate certain certain things and certain aspects of, of life and of realistic situations. So he's like, well, let's let's teach you this jujitsu thing. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I went to like a couple things for like months because he's like, hey, like this is like a lifestyle. Like this is just once you start, like you shouldn't stop. So I was like, okay. And the first thing I learned was like an, called an arm drag to the back to a rear naked choke was like the first learned move I learned. It's a, it's called an arm drag to the back to a rear naked choke. <clears throat> and uh, we were on patrol one night 
and we had a guy that crashed a car on base and he was on PCP. We found that out later, by the way. <laughs> we did not know that he was on PCP at the time. Oh. Um, we just saw this man that was very erratic and his eyes were very, very dilated, like very, very dilated. But, you know, you never know. Maybe the person's tired, he's sleep deprived and he just came back from the field. Like maybe he had an issue, you know, like whatever. So we uh, give him commands, he doesn't get down and like we tase him and the taser doesn't do anything. Wow. Like, the taser doesn't do anything. We uh, spray him and it doesn't do anything. Oh so he literally like come out to reach and he was like trying to like grab us and do this. And he came out to reach and I arm dragged him, took his bag and I choked him and I put him out. And then we cuffed him and he came too. Wow. And I was like, oh shit, this jujitsu shit really works. Uh, that's why I learned jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was like one of the first times that jujitsu like really like genuinely saved my life. Yeah. And that's actually a move to this day that I always I always show people. It's like an arm drag to the back to to rear naked choke. It's like the first things that I when people ask me like about jujitsu is like that's the thing because it's <laughs> it's so practical, dude. It's so practical. It's helped me out in other situations too. Yeah. But um, you learn to not fight. The the more, the, I think the more rank you get in jujitsu, the more you you know like nah, just don't fight. I was about <laughs> to ask. Yeah, is it? Are you more taught to walk away? Because yeah, man. Because like, here's the thing. Home. Like when you talk about a court of law. Right. Um, if you hurt someone like a good defense attorney, what he's going to do is he's going to go, well, let's just pull his military records. Let's just pull this and how he's trained and this and that. But like what people don't understand is like, like if I feel like my life is in danger, the first thing I want to do is walk away. Mm. Like it's, it's the first thing you should do. Just, just run, just run, just listen, just walk away, dude. Cause you never know if it's someone that's like, oh, like, oh, let's just sue him and like take him to the court, like, or or they like, man, there's just so many, there's so many bad things that can come out of it, you know. I love when how it you, changes. Your first the reason. Go- I know. I was just gonna say, I love how your first reason walk away because the U.S. legal system. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. That's that's funny. That says, and, honestly, and that does say a lot about yes, our fabric of America. Listen, dude, you're talking to a brown man. How do you think I feel going to court, bro? Yeah, of course, like, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. like I'm I'm white enough that you hear me talking, and then you see my name, and you're like, mm, yeah, yeah. My parents are immigrants. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like that's a uh, you know it happens. I have fun with it. Um, but yeah, man, that was like. Like one of the things that uh, got me into jujitsu, <laughs> and has kept me has kept me in jujitsu. How was it uh, growing up in Puerto Rico? How was it's... it? What was the family dynamic? Are you have siblings? <sighs> uh, my sibling is ten. I'm ten years older than her, so we oh, didn't okay. really have much in common. Um, but I love my sister. You know, it's, it's my sister. You know, uh, family dynamic. My dad was a cop. <laughs> Okay. And my mom, my mom worked at the courts. Mm. Okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. you know, uh, growing up parties, it was like, there was like a lot of like, you know, up there people at the house. And, you know, a lot of, uh, we'd also do parties at my grandparents, which they had like a house near the beach. Like I say near the beach, but it's like right, right there. Um, you know, you can literally walk to the beach and whatnot and hang out. Um, it was really cool. It was really cool. I, uh, was trying to learn as much English as I could and then come to realize I was, I could be an an interpreter and whatnot. And then I got taught by a a school teacher Hmm. and, uh, yeah, that's if if it wasn't because of that, like I, we probably wouldn't be talking right now. Like I'd still be talking only Spanish. Is their family still there? Everybody's here in America. Oh no, my whole family's over there, uh, on my mother's side and on my father's side, there's like a couple people in Texas. Yeah, but it's just me in Missouri, and my wife and my kid. Yeah. So what brought what brought you to Missouri? Was it your wife? When did you meet her? No, we we met about five six years ago. Um, What brought me to Missouri was just I saw the potential for it to grow uh, in all aspects 
while also maintaining a low cost of living mm -hmm. and a pretty balanced life. Like if you're up the, and I say this all the time, but I feel like it's, it's starting to like, people are starting to realize it is like, if you, if you make like 20 bucks an hour in Missouri, that goes in Springfield, Missouri, it goes pretty far. Mm -hmm. It goes pretty far. You just have to live under your means, but you know, rent here is like five to maybe a thousand a month for like houses and stuff like that. And like, there's oh, a couple wow. apartments, but I always saw, I always loved the people also. Cause everybody's real polite, man. Mm -hmm. Like everybody, everybody's so polite, dude. And everybody like helps each other. Like, you know, this town has its issues, but by God, dude, it's a fucking beautiful town, you know, yeah. like, like the people here and like, like, you know, like every town has its issues, but man, like, it's just, it's real chill here, dude. It's real chill. It's real chill. Like, what what do people like to do fun out there for fun out there? I'm a homebody, man. I'm a homebody. I literally go to work to spend time with my kid to jujitsu back home, spend time with my wife. Uh, if I have the time, if I make, if I make the time, we correct that, uh, hit up a mic and then I'm back home. Like, I don't, I don't really, um, go out a lot. I'm always working yeah. or doing something. So I don't go out much, but, uh, I enjoy, I'm, like I said, I'm a homebody, man. I, yeah. I like watching animes. I like reading manga. I like reading books, uh, Right now, I'm reading like a few Jordan Peterson, uh, a Jordan Peterson book, The Twelve Rules to Life, and then I have some sci-fi books on there, and then I got a couple manga that I got to catch up, uh, and then I write a lot, you know. So I'll have like ideas for jokes and stuff, and I'm always writing, and then I always practice like my Spanish, like my interpreting skills, like every morning and stuff like that. But I'm I'm not like people think I'm like this party animal. Like the one thing I do like to do, most people don't know about this. I love karaoke. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, all right, so so we won't tell anyone but what is your go-to karaoke song oh bro uh anything bad bunny yeah. <laughs> i'm brown bro come on now because yeah, yeah, that should have yeah. been a fucking come yeah. on now come on now good sir yeah. puerto rican you know yeah. and bad bunny like yeah man like hell yeah anything bad bunny yeah. but it's been a while since i've gone karaoke normally we just sing the house it's been a while man hey, people don't don't ask me out much people don't even ask me to hang out much believe it or not yeah. like people always like where you been i was like at home like no one ever like I'm, i don't and then people are like what are you have? it's like dude i'm, I'm at home or like, is I'm it not just hiding. the assumption <laughs> you have a family when you're married and have a kid i think some do people sometimes assume like oh he probably isn't available it, or he's busy yeah he's man but here's the thing my wife out. is really hot um <laughs> <laughs> my wife is like really really hot um and i've never met somebody more amazing than my wife mm. and like when your wife is also a gamer mm. um she kind of likes anime like you don't really need <laughs> yeah, much else yeah. like, <laughs> like you you have made it like you're 15 like my 15 year old self is like literally that's like my 15 year old self bro <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna listen to this and she's gonna be like you motherfucker <laughs> no but it's truthful dude like people ask me how come you don't go out like i used to play D D and stuff like that and i'm trying to host like a D D night at my house mm -hmm. but you gotta watch out who you let in you know right um and uh i, I still haven't fucking done it because like, I love spending time with my wife, dude. Like, it's really, like, I don't, I don't really, like, even take, like, much interviews because I love hanging out with my wife. Mm. Like, I really do. And I have my kid all the time. So, like, I, uh, I really try to make it a point to, like, that's my priority. Yeah. And then everything else is, like, second, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of yeah, course. Yeah. Yeah, and my wife's pretty dope, dude. You can yeah. go. Bring her on. <laughs> <laughs> on. No, nah, see, and that's the thing. My wife's an introvert. Uh, like, like if we go out, like my wife is like, "Order me this." I'm like, <laughs> really? Like, really? Like that's I mean, how. I'm also an introvert. I, I mean, a lot of I also a lot of performers yeah. I meet are introverts. Oh yeah. So I think I, I like, definitely I like more my privacy than people. Yeah, yeah. Think for sure. The problem. The problem is like. I get like interpreters like that want to want to talk and stuff like that. 
about like uh, the the stuff I've done and whatnot, and I have a really hard time saying no to them. Mm. So like that's the thing. I'm always like on the phone answering a question or something. And I got homies that are still in the military and stuff that they talk to me. So I'm always doing something. If not, I'm hanging out with my kid ninety percent of the time, man. So what about comedy? Were you writing while you were in the army? Were you, no, like, man. Comedy, <laughs> comedy. It's that, been about how did that as of right. Yeah, so comedy for me, it's been about a month right now. Oh. That I've been to my December is a time that I really take off, and it's honestly probably been two months. I I have to like force myself to take time off. Mm. So the holidays is a time that I normally like slow down yeah. because the other time I'm just like putting out content or writing or like yeah. with the kiddo. So like, yeah. um, I wake up early, like really early, to like do stuff, and then um, yeah, man, like I. Comedy happened by by happenstance. It was one of those things that uh, someone had dared me to do, and I didn't get a laugh for six months. Hmm. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Dude. I've been doing jujitsu for, for over nine years. If you told me that I would get choked once by everyone in training, every time that I rolled, but I would never bomb again. I'd take that wish. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, it sucks that the white belt tapped you. But when you bomb in front of a hundred people. Oh <laughs> God. It, it's so crushing. It's so crushing. But you know, I'm I'm pretty new to comedy, man. What what is uh, your process? What is your process for that? You come off the good stage, question. Let's say you uh, just bomb. I yeah. actually I actually take what Roy Wood Jr. said, and I'm probably going to like butcher it, but it was something I'm on the lines of, I write things about how things make me feel and about like my own life. Mm. So when you sit down and you dissect like yourself, it's a really difficult thing to do. And anybody who's been to uh, therapy, what a therapist knows that uh, when you do cognitive or behavioral therapy, you have to look at yourself a lot. And I was like, oh, I'm okay with that. And I'm one of those people that, for some reason, people think that it's funny to give me shit. Hmm. So, like, I just have one of those faces that people think it's funny to give me shit. And uh, I'm really petty, too. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you, you put those two together and you tell me what happens, right? Mm -hmm. But... Uh, what, what were we talking about? I lost my train of thought That's there for a minute. Process I'm sorry. To recoup so that my process. So yeah, what I do normally is, is I'll like every morning. What I do is I'll tell you what I do every morning. This is easier. Every morning. What I do is I, I read the news. I read the news in English and Spanish. And then I try to read it in Portuguese. Um, cause it's a language I'm trying to pick up, but mm. I haven't been as disciplined. Uh, number one, what that does is, uh, I like knowing what's going around, you know, I just like knowing it, and I feel like it's a productive waste of my time. Haha. Uh, -ha. And um, <laughs> then what I do is, is I'll grab an article that like catches my attention, and I'll try to write ten jokes. And I've been doing this for a year, and I can get up to like six okay jokes. Mm. And then that's like practice. And then I have like things that I um I want to talk about that I I want to say, and then I'll just do like a like I do like a table is what I do right. I'll I'll put like, let's say I want to talk about uh, child support, uh, um, the secret service, you know? So then you'll start writing out things that come in your head about child support. And then you'll start writing things that come to your head about the secret service. Mm -hmm. And then you start crossing. And then I start, what I do is I start crossing and I start writing. And then throughout the day, like if I get like a funny premise, right? Because the joke is a premise is set up in a punchline, mm -hmm. right? So what I try to do is, is I try to keep it there, but then I try to keep a story incorporated to it. But the way that I have to keep the story is what I do is, is if you have to write everything down, I write everything down and then I trim the fat, right? Meaning, is this necessary for the progression of the story or can I put a joke here? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I have a story that I always tell about, about, about my wife, actually. Like I love my wife a lot. But if I had to describe my wife, you'd probably be a little confused because my wife is six feet tall. 
She loves Harry Potter, and she looks like a hot nurse that dresses out of Hot Topic and Spencer. <laughs> and she supports me with all the endeavors with her OnlyFans. <laughs> like, normally, that's where I get a laugh, right? So, like, you, you have to, like, set it up. I set it up, probably. I'm sorry, now you have to, but I set it up in a way where it's like I'm trying to progress the story, and then I have a whole bit about my wife and whatnot. But that's pretty much how I do it, man. Like, I talk about myself. I talk about growing up in Puerto Rico, you know, things that are are very me, you know. And I'm sure that it's not <clears throat> anything new because when I write a joke personally, what I'm trying to do is like, okay, let's say that um, hypothetically speaking, um, you know, X event happened, right? Insert whatever event you want. Well, if we follow that event, what would happen if that event happened? Like, let's say that I threw someone from the second floor uh, of a building with a helmet and duct tape to two mattresses. Well, if they survive, it would be really funny. And then number two, I have to find in there a way to go, okay, well, how can I exaggerate this to make this funny? Or is the story funny in itself? Mm. And, like, that's how I view things. Like, we have a lot of weird things that happen, too, when we do comedy. Like, we were at a Taco Bell one time, and and I told my, my co-host, Eric, I go, hey, man, do you have change? I don't, I don't want to use my card. I just need a drink. And he goes, yeah, and he hands me a $100 bill. And I go, this motherfucker. So I give it to the girl, and the girl calls for a manager because she'd never seen a $100 bill. And she looks at the manager and goes, is this real? Just like that. And the manager goes, oh, yeah. That looks real enough. She goes, Becky, that's why you're the manager. Oh, <laughs> my God. And I'm sitting there the whole time, like, waiting for my order. And I'm, like, looking at Eric, and he's just trying not to laugh. <laughs> he gives me my change back, which gave me the, actually the, the precise change. And I, I just look at Eric, and we took off. And, like, that night, I literally told that story on stage, and everybody just laughed. Because it's just, like, so, like, like yeah. wild that it's, like, you've never seen a hundred. Like, bless your heart, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, yeah, things like that happen all the time. But, you know, man, you got to prioritize. And when you have a family like I do, sometimes you got to prioritize, man. Because money's going to come and go, but your kids aren't going to be little forever. How did you uh, come to the Rico podcast? Was that something that you chose to do because it does allow you to be close to your family still? Or were you always kind of a radio guy? So, <laughs> so I did a, a comedy show with uh, Kevin Farley. Okay. You know who Kevin Farley is? Chris Farley's brother. Oh, yeah. From, from SNL and yeah. mm-hmm. that. Okay. Uh, and... He turns out that he was a cigar guy. So I brought cigars and like I have pictures of, of me smoking cigars with him and stuff. Like just just for me. Um and you know, you start smoking cigars with people and cigars take you places. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you go to a cigar bar and you smoke a cigar, bro, people will 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 start confessing crimes to you. you know? yeah. <laughs> and I just murder him, you know, and I just fucking cut his head off. And it's like all right, and dude, and there's a code in the at least in our cigar shop, it's like, listen, what you hear, what you say, fucking stays here. Yeah, what unless there's a, the unless there's exigent circums unless yeah. there's exigent circumstances, yeah. right? Like if someone says they want to harm themselves or they want to harm another person, then you know we we, get, we talk them down, and mm-hmm. then you know there's been times that we've had to call the mm-hmm. the cops because people have said that they want to harm themselves. You know, mm-hmm. you got to take care of people in the community, man. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's. <laughs> God, I started talking about cigars, and now you got me going about cigars, man. Go on. Yeah, you know <laughs> no, I love cigars. Listen, dude, I you have a picture on my too. Facebook. It, it was like it was like the first cigar I ever smoked. And it was me like after a mission, and all you see is like like blackness in the back, and it's just me with a cigar. And I was like 20 or something like that. Uh, and like ever since then, I just love cigars. Like yeah. cigars, cigars will, will take you places. Yeah. Like they, they generally, like I told, I tell this to all my comedian friends, like bro, cigars, like you, you can go to a cigar bar and like talk to people and you can run into a dude who is an electrician, an electrician for the railroad to a guy that's a, a multimillionaire from his business to a politician that just wants to come hang out 
to the governor that just sits down and you don't know that it's him. That may or may not have happened to somebody. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, cigar cigar shops are are amazing, and cigars are a really good way to decompress. Also, yeah, I understand there's some health concerns, but you do not inhale a cigar. If you inhale a cigar, you should be slapped. Yeah, <laughs> that is not that is not culture. That is not the cigar culture. That is not the way to to handle a cigar. Um, if you do try a cigar, I highly suggest uh, that you shouldn't. <laughs> Even though they're, I love them. Uh, it's not that because they're addicting. It's because it's one of those things, man, that once you realize, like, uh, th- this is how I look at life, right? And maybe you guys will understand this because you guys are seem like very, very intelligent people. I look at things as how can I turn down the volume in my life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because you can't, you can't send someone to war and do all these things and then do all these other things that I've done and then go, okay, go back to society. Yeah, sure, exactly, yeah. So, like, the way that I look at life is what what are things that I can do that help um, help me manage how to turn down the volume, right? And that's how I look at it. I feel like that's, that's why I love it. Valuable uh, thought for many people. Within, like, just in being in the era of overstimulation, either by tech or social media or politics or whatever it is, like the lid is popped off. Like it's very, people really do not know how to lower the volume. They don't know how to manage it. They don't know how to like, you know, they go in a frenzy, but yeah. yeah. And and the thing is, is that, um, people aren't really taught, uh, like things to do to take care of themselves. Yeah, like, of course. Of course. A lot of things, there's a lot of things that you can do. Like, and I always tell people, like, you wake up really early. I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm weird, so don't follow what I do, obviously, you know. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, man, like, you should drink. Like, there's certain things that I do that, like, um, help me be able to do as much as I do. Like, I don't drink anything but, like, water and coffee, you know. Maybe some juice every now and then, but it has to. I, I like it fresh squeezed and stuff. Because in Puerto Rico, you know, growing up in Puerto Rico, there's fruit everywhere. You know, there's avocados everywhere. Like, if you go on my Facebook, I've posted a picture of a Puerto Rican avocado. Have you ever seen one? No. They're as big as my face. And that's pretty fucking huge. That's a pretty big fucking space. You know what I'm saying? Um, So, like, yeah. So, like, I remember the first time I came to States, avocados. But there's certain things that you can do to, like, manage your stress. And I think that if you don't do those things daily, then you're not really taking care of all aspects of it. And like, I'm the type of person too, that like I lift or work out every day, but that's because I do it for mental health reasons. Yeah. Most people who, who lift are, are trying to do it because they have a lot of trauma. Um, or it's their I outlet. Because... People do use the outlet for yeah. mental health reasons. Like it's just habitual. It's like, what are the coping mechanisms or the techniques or habits that you need to adapt to get through the day. Oh, that's why I do jujitsu. Because mm-hmm. jujitsu, all jujitsu is, and this is like the dark part that I tell people when I talk about jujitsu, is like, all jujitsu is a simulating murder. Mm. Jesus, that is a dark... <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> really think about that for a minute, okay? Ooh. I'm choking you. Listen, I'm choking you, and you tap, and I let go. But if I keep squeezing, and I don't let go, at that point, it's a whole another situation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's why that's why I tell people like like anybody who like or like Muay Thai like if if you get hit like if you get hit by something that does Muay Thai in the stomach, you're not really gonna be able to breathe oh, God. for um, <laughs> a good minute, you know? Or hey, man, like you're you're fucking with someone who knows judo and like they don't want to mess with you and you like start grabbing them and then they. They throw you, and then next thing you know, you wake up, and you're like, oh, my God, what the fuck happened? And it's like, that's why I tell people, man, like, don't don't get in people's faces. And, like, you know, man, the majority of people who get in your face like that, they're just upset at something that's going on. That's why, like, the, the number one thing I like to do is, like, when people get, like, hypey as I'm like, are you okay? Because it throws you the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, and then some like, people, you know, some people it doesn't work. They get aggressive, but that's just because 
some people just don't really like I here's a funny thought I, I always love how we make fake uh, fun of people talking about safe spaces but there's people who fortify their homes so they can feel safe yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to me so to me it's okay to have a place where you feel safe right and the thing is some people take it out of hand or whatever but like to me you need to have what's called headquarters right mm-hmm. like when you go to war you have a spot that's HQ that's the place where you rest that you sleep that you check your troops you regroup and you go do things with your friends, right? For no reason whatsoever, too, because you, you've seen how Iraq went. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so you always have to have a spot that I feel like is headquarters. It's a spot where you recharge, where you're at peace, you know, and your home should be that. That's why I used to make fun of people like um, who, uh, who like decorated their house and stuff like that. And and now we have a house. Married. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna put a fucking green lantern battery <laughs> on my entrance. Mm-hmm. And if anybody has a problem with that, in brightest days, in blackest nights, <laughs> <laughs> no evil shit. Yeah. Well, well, I know. Uh, having you on the podcast has definitely been a bright day. So thank you. Even though it's nighttime here and also nighttime there, presumably. So. Ah, man. The night is just starting. But no, to finish telling you the podcast, flew. Kevin Kevin Farley gave me the idea. He goes, you should have a podcast. Like, you're a pretty interesting dude. And yeah, he was sure. so nice. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, let me think about it. And then my friend Eric Macker and I started doing it. And it started out with, like, just friends that we had. And then, like, one day we had a samurai historian that was on Netflix. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. I wonder who else we can get. And then we had Tommy Chong. Nice. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I wonder who the fuck else we can get. And uh, we're having Gianni, Gianni Russo, Mr. Gianni Russo from, from The Godfather pretty soon. Cool. And pretty soon uh, uh, trying to get uh, Carl Gottlieb, uh, the writer of Jaws. Nice. Wow, great. That's yeah, dude. Like, yeah, like, it's like, at this point, it's kind of like, who can we get that we really want? Like, we're yeah. trying to get the the Navy SEAL that shot Bin Laden. Wow. Yeah. You know why? <laughs> <laughs> All right, while we're also waiting, we have some comedy shows coming up on January 20th. That's right. We got Dooley Noah, the musical improv troupe. That's right. We'll be back at the Westchester Collaborative Theater, a place that we have frequented frequently with Blind Tiger Improv, who will also be doing musical improv. So that's at 8 o'clock p.m. in Austin, New York. Uh, we also got uh, over in Bucks County, we got an improv show coming up as well, don't we, Jordan? Yes, at Witherspoon Boxing and Fitness, the Gloves Out comedy show with uh, Zoe Dixon, Gary Sharp Jr., um and Eric Todd, also Lana Epstein and Tan Huang. That's so the 21st. That is the 21st of January. So yeah. make it out there. It's uh gonna be a good time at both of those shows. Damn, if you're in Westchester and Pennsylvania, two two separate options. Yo, the hump tour starting again. That hump tour. Let's go. Also, if you enjoy hearing voices, specifically this month, Rena Ezra's voice, we have a, an audiobook podcast made up of original short fiction works written by up-and-coming writers and this week uh, I it's, it's actually I wrote it's called Liberty is a Man's Game and Rena is the one who read it and does a great job and great for Jackson all tail short tales is the name of it thank LH. you Rena LNHstudios.com LNHstudios.com yeah e- <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the uh, funniest time for you to get cut off by our Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were wondering if you saw the time and did that on purpose. Like, no, I wasn't paying attention to the time. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know about the guy who shot Bin Laden? Yeah. I was having a good What do you know about time. the guy who shot Bin Laden? So continue. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, got, um, you guys want to record it? Or we are. Good? Oh, yeah. We're recording on another Recording place. in progress. We have audio, but we'll do that up. So we've been trying to get the the, the guy who shot Bin Laden, um, and I messaged him, and I one of the things that I wanted to ask him because this is like a, like a serious question, you know, like that's a it's a really heavy thing, you know, like that dude has a bull forever have a bounty on his head, mm-hmm. you know. Um, one of the questions I've always wondered myself, you know, being a guy who deployed and you know in a combat theater of operations and did some stuff, and I was I was always wondering like you know. 
if, if it was, you know, I always wanted to ask him, like, listen, like, after you pass check, right, confirmed your animal, meaning uh, confirmed the targets down, you send confirmation. Because you have to send confirmation. Um, that way, they, you know, they, they have a way to trace it with biometrics and stuff. And they were like, be advised that Geronimo, whatever, like, yeah, you got Bin Laden, you know, whatever code they used. Mm -hmm. And it was real somber. You remove the kids out of the equation, right? Because you got to remove the kids out. Who was the first one to teabag him? Mm -hmm. Who was the first to, like, just look amongst each other and just dip your balls, you know, dip, dip your balls in Bin Laden's forehead for freedom. For freedom! You know, just for freedom. Yeah, and you're not gonna ask I, I sent him that message, and my wife goes, "You did not fucking send that message." I had the same reaction as your wife. I have the same response. I'm like, "You did not know what." That's because that's because that's that's a that's what they call a FTV for the boys. That's a question for the boys. Oh my god! Because see, every yeah, dude, responded? every dude is gonna be like, "You know what? If I was the guy who shot Bin Laden, <laughs> and I've played a lot of Call of Duty, yeah." He responded? Uh, right there on Bin Laden. I mean, it's obviously violating Geneva. We should not do that. I am not saying that we should do that. I am just saying in a joke form that it would be funny. Right? Yes, this is comedy to clear the air. Everybody's comedy. listening. We are in no way trying to violate Geneva Conventions or ROE's rules of engagement. But if I was the guy that shot Bin Laden oh <laughs> and I was with the homies, <laughs> look around be like, for America, <laughs> and just like play America, fuck, <laughs> and then just bag them, like yeah. just things that things that happen into my crazy mind that I think about sometimes. But that is a legitimate question I like to ask him on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and if, you, if you want the answer, you have to go listen to Rico. Yeah, you gotta listen to his podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I, not, I mean, it's, it's not the first time that we've asked somebody. Something off the wall. We had a we had a person that uh had sex with um Freddie Mercury. Wow. Oh, wow. Like a confirmed story. Didn't get AIDS. And my first question to this person was, how big was Freddie Mercury's cock? <laughs> I think that is a reasonable question. Oh, like, I was you waiting got the for man... the answer. Did you he did answer. <laughs> he said it was a little bit bigger than the Yeti mic. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> But really apparently bizarre. he was, like, the sweetest, stories. nicest person, like, nicest human being ever. Mm. Like, literally, like, the person was... It's it's wild, dude, the thing that um, you uh, you get people telling you, you know, like, when you start talking to them, and especially when you treat them nicely. Like, yeah, yeah. I always, sure. yeah, I always try to treat every guest with as much respect as, as I can because I don't know where they're at and I want them to have a good time. And I also, man, I don't want them to, like, feel like... You know, there's a fine line when you're interviewing somebody on a podcast between making it look like an interrogation or an interview. Mm -hmm. like it's a fine line, and you got to, like, be careful because some people sometimes they feel like it's an interrogation because they're used to, like, how the press is, and I'm like, I'm just chill, man. Yeah. Like, I might ask you some questions that you might not want to talk about. We can move on. This shit yeah. don't bother me, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm there to have a good time. That's why I tell uh, FYOB. Uh, no, 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 bring, bring, BYOB, bring your own butts. Or bring your own buddies. Like that's nice. that's literally the motto of the show, man. Just hang out with the friends. Cause at the end of the day, dude, like as you get older, I have a lot of friends who are older. Like even my wife is five years older than me. Right? So like all my friends are like 10 plus years older than me. You know, my co-host is 15, 17 years older than me. And he's like one of my best friends. And you start to realize as you get older that friends are really like the only thing you're going to have, man, because your family's going to die eventually. So you got to make some good, solid friends, dude. And like, that's, that's one thing I firmly believe in is if you have a good, a good circle of friends, like Joey Diaz said it best. Um, I don't know if you know who Joey Diaz is, the comedian. Yeah. Obviously he's from Jersey, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. We know our <laughs> um, I actually posted a picture of me with two of my friends who are like, those are my ride or die homies. Those are the guys that if I want to take over a country, I call. Mm -hmm. And I posted it with the, the clip of Joey Diaz saying that it's a joke that Joey Diaz has, that he goes, we're confused as Americans. You think you need all of these motherfuckers? He's like, you give me two or three bad motherfuckers and you're done. Mm -hmm. And Joey Diaz commented on it. 
And I almost had an aneurysm because I fucking love Joey Diaz. <laughs> like, I love not him as a person because obviously I don't know him, but I love what he puts out and like things that he does. So it was really cool, man. Like you, you gotta have friends, dude. Like yeah. you really do, man. You really do because, <laughs> dude, as you get older, man, like life, life is not the same if you don't have friends. Sure, I mean it's you a. Know? Quant, it's not a quantity game, it's a quality game. I definitely think people, I mean, don't, like being done with school for a while now, but, but like I have one super close, I mean, I have a twin, so it's different. I'm super close with her, thankfully. But I have, you have a, a twin? Yeah. <laughs> so that is my other time. That is like corrupted everything together. Bro, what is that like? Is that like having like a, like a second rare Pokemon next to you? Or like, how does that, like, how does that feel? Well, like, I will um, uh, a, I don't know life any different, so I can't write. I can't tell you explain that I'm like, oh, it's, like, it's normal. It's normal. <laughs> you, you've never not been a twin. Yeah, exactly. So I can't compare. It is normal for me. Um, I mean, it's amazing. I well, so every twin, right? I know twins and triplets who do not get along. They're not close. They don't like each other. How? That's friends. like hating yourself, isn't it? <laughs> People do it all the time, though, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, bro, I went to war for $50,000 for 15 months. I definitely yeah, fucking yeah. hate myself. Listen, now, we all know with, like, now we all know. Over Richard does not make good choices. Clearly. Like, clearly. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just, yeah, it's just having a super close friend. I mean, just somebody that you really do bond with. Uh, that you can, we mm -hmm. can, I mean, it's not actual telepathy, but we do feel like we can read each other's minds. You're we were just super close. We went to a twin festival. We did the whole like weird thing, twin thing um, just to try it out for a year. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> one summer we just did it. But um, my point was, yes, we have like a friend we have is like one friend throughout middle school, high school, one friend. And I met other friends in my adult life. And I do have like a great group and everything. But to me, doing our podcast, I was just going to agree with you over time. It is just like the most fascinating thing is hearing people's oh like their stories everyone comes from a different walk of life and i have the people i'm like like binded with and it's just like yes this person like this person is like top quality like i can say or do anything with like amazing very fortunate to to be in that place what she's saying guys is that she doesn't love you guys <laughs> 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 no no like, oh shit they know, I mean, you guys are like, what? And that's just the top three. Like, <laughs> please. Top of the charts. Please. Uh, we, we are right, like right. so, like, no, oh that's my good, gosh. man. That's I mean, good but shit. like, people that deal with like the best parts of you and the ugliest parts of you, and they know like your like, difficulties, whatever it is, but they don't like walk away. Um, but it is like everybody has just a very unique story. It is wonderful that somebody like you has a podcast because like, who, like, I don't want to listen to another, you know, wealthy, privileged white person who hasn't like a different, I mean, sure, they have a podcast. That's like good for them. Nothing against them. But I am like from a, like everybody has a different culture and background, but I want to hear something different. I want to hear some, but like someone just chose something different in life or like yeah. their life is simple. They like the mundane, whatever it is, like they think differently. What is that? What is that? Like, I mean, that's, that's like, we make movies and TV shows off of stories, off of people's mm -hmm. that everyone is a storyteller. So it's just like, yeah, you actually live this real life. So, yeah. you know, what is it? And that's like, why, that's why I like to test my friends too. Like if you're my real friend, I definitely poo bear in my house around you. No. You guys know what poo bearing is? No. Is it poop related? Have, she knows. She knows. You know? She's like, I, I know, know what it is. It. I don't no. know if it's what no. I'm thinking of. It's when you walk around with just a hoodie. It's when you walk around with just a hoodie. Hashtag poo bear. Uh, oh, yes, I heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it really that's what actually I'm an thinking on. of? No, that's actually an ongoing joke on my podcast. Like, if you listen to any episode, you'll randomly hear, you fucking poo bear, shut up, you have no room to talk. And it pisses me off because the, the story, here's the story. Me and me and Eric McElroy were, uh, we were, we were doing comedy shows all over the Midwest. Um, like, every now and then we'd, we'd go and do, like, two, three shows. And we would, we would get hotels. And, like, one time, Eric almost walked in 
And Eric was in the military. He's in the Navy. So definitely he's seen man-ass, right? He's seen brown, hairy man-ass also. So like, and one day he just walked in and I was putting on pants. And I go, hey, what's up? He goes, oh, God, it's a horrible wedding to food. What is that? <laughs> I was like, you motherfucker. So that night he goes on stage and he goes, I found out where the line is that you realize if you're friends with someone or if you just fucking hate them. Oh and that line is when you open the door and they're poo bearing it. And no one laughs and he goes, does anyone know what poo bearing is? He's like, no. It's like poo bearing it is when you pretend that and you dress up like Winnie the Pooh wearing just a hoodie. And the whole room just fucking started dying. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I call poo bearing it. That's why everybody, I say, that's how I test my friends. You have to see me poo bearing it. That way, that way, you know. That way, you know how flat my ass is. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Trust me. I got another forty pounds to go, y'all. So it'll happen. It'll happen, man. It'll wow. it'll it'll come to be. You know. On the Pooh Bear note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are not ending like that. No. No. We will end on Pooh Bear. We could, I mean, we're on Zoom right now. We could be doing it right now. You'd have no idea. <laughs> yeah. We're all poo bears from the, from the top. Oh, of God. No. <laughs> now visualize that. Uh, <laughs> that, would be, that would be the most awkward podcast ever. Welcome to the Pooh Bear, bear Podcast. Poo bear <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm here. What's up here? Oh, God. Uh, Bro, yeah, I've had people think that about me, and I'm like, nah, man, like, I got pants. Like, it's yeah, cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cold. imagine we're about to sign off and he stands up. And, oh, 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 oh. He always has been Louis C.K. No, Louis C.K. No, it wasn't Louis C.K. I can't remember who it was. Really, he was such anyway. a nice guy. <laughs> you think oh you know a way God, to what is You think you know a man. Um, it looks like an angry and sad elephant at the same time. <laughs> oh, God, don't give his... <laughs> <laughs> the podcast, you gotta get the visuals out there. Somehow. I gotta write that one down. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. All they have is the audio. We have to help them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. We loved having you. Thank you for all your stories and your jokes and all of your Pooh Bear wisdom. Uh, do you have anything that, <laughs> anything that you want to plug or any like handle social media? Yeah, where people can find you. Yeah, shout them out. Yeah, man. No, the poop. <laughs> At I'm sorry, I can't stop. I can't stop thinking about just me sitting there, like, with, with like a little red, like a little red thing just hanging from up here, just giving wisdom, bro. Bear wisdom, right there, dude. No, that honey if I make that a thing, I'm definitely I'm shouting you out. There's honey on his leg. <laughs> Why is there honey on his? Leg? He's so wise, though. Bear of Elis, what should I do about my boyfriend? Your boyfriend does not love you. He's cheating on your sister. Oh, put on a hoodie. I'm telling you, dude. That's like a version of you. Delilah. What is the radio? Not Delilah. The thing where they call in and ask for Delilah. Oh, yeah, Delilah. So we'll, we'll make it quick. Uh, you can find us anywhere, man, on Rico Podcast. All the socials on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Spotify, all those. And on YouTube, just Rico Podcast. Um Give us a like, man. Give us a like. Give us a follow. And I like connecting with people. Yeah. yeah. I, love, I love sharing people's stories, man. So, yeah. Just I appreciate y'all having me. Well, Thanks for thank you. On. Yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate you. you sharing your story. Um, and have a great rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out, yo. Until the next Bye, guys. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>